We are recording Leilun Nishmat Avi Moria Rashi Shlomo Chaim Ben David. And today's topic is a very controversial one for some families, in-laws and outlaws. Today's class is based on Yechavedat, Volume 6, Teshuvah Nun Aleph 51. We're dealing with the idea of respecting in-laws. Do you have to respect them like your parents? And uh, what are the parameters? Obviously, it's always good to start with a joke. And we welcome our audience. You know, they said, what's the difference between in-laws and outlaws? At least one of them are wanted. So, the truth is, this is not a laughing matter. Before I go into the halachic perspective, I wanted to go into the hashkafic perspective and deal a little bit with the ethics of the issue because when people don't live according to the Torah and use their common sense, unfortunately, sometimes it even leads to divorce. Since we are dedicating this shiur for the neshama of my father, I just want to say that it's a wonderful thing. Shout out to all those wonderful teherunis we have to be aware that the smart thing to do is to treat your son-in-law and daughter-in-law like your child. And God bless my father's soul. Whenever I got married to my wife almost 19 years ago, he, she, he said to her that you're like a daughter to me. He did that to all my sister-in-laws, to my brother-in-law. He said, you're like a son. There's no difference. And... I just wanted to bring out the idea here that sometimes parents think their son-in-law or daughter-in-law is like their enemy and there's animosity and friction, but this is so wrong. And the Pelioets, I think this should be required reading for any husband and wife before they get married, any bride and groom. The Pelioets talks about Ahavat Ishve Ishto, the love between a man and his wife. And it's so important, especially in the beginning of a marriage, which is more prone, God forbid, to failure and dangerous problems, is that a husband and wife should always, whenever possible, and any opportunity possible, sing the praises of their spouse. When they go tattletailing and belittling their spouse, it comes back to shoot their marriage in the foot. And unfortunately, in our communities. I would not be joking if a dozen people told me that their own parents almost sabotaged their own marriage because parents love their kid more, but those people are fools because they don't realize that the most important thing for a husband and wife is to solve their problems internally. They don't need an outside coach to come sabotage and more damage is usually done than good. Obviously, if it's an abusive relationship, of course you should tell your mother, father, and brother, sister, get out of it, if necessarily. And that's why it's important to have a rabbi and psychologist or whatever, marriage counselor. But in most cases, it's very prudent. The prudent decision to make, if we use common sense, is parents should not try to sabotage the marriage of their children. I could not believe in this last 16 years when I became a rabbi, all the horror stories I heard. And it's just wrong. 
and silly and frankly disgusting. Why would you want to destroy your kids and grandchildren's life? If they need advice, they could go to a rabbi or marriage counselor. Parents should be there to support their children's marriage and enhance it, not sabotage it. And I just want to bring out one last idea before we go into Rabavadia's respond on this. And that is that it's very important for us husbands to be extra sensitive. The Peliyot says to not hurt our wife's feelings through belittling, belittling, belittling her parents. Because women, like the Gemara in Baba Metziah says, Dafnum Tet, page 59, Amud Aleph, that, Laulam Yizar Adam Meonat Right? A woman is extra sensitive. She's more prone to getting her heart broken and crying from verbal abuse. And then she cries, God forbid. It's very dangerous for the husband's predicament. And obviously belittling her parents is not going to help your relationship. And it's an extra dagger in her heart. So, like we learn in the ethics of our fathers, even to, though today's Shushan Purim, we're getting to the time of the Pirkei Avot, Who's a truly respected person? Somebody that respects others. So, my humble blessing to all the newlyweds, or the people that have even been married for 50 or whatever years is, it's so important to start the relationship with your in-laws on the right foot and the in-laws with their daughter and son-in-law on the right foot. And respect brings respect and peace brings peace. And there's nothing greater than peace. A lot of times it's good to just be quiet and for the sake of peace, just make believe, even if you can't respect them in your heart, at least ask to them in an honorable and decent way, and hopefully sooner or later you can come across. So, to that true respect in your heart of hearts. Now, we, the question we want to deal with today is a very simple one is, do we need to respect our in-laws like our parents or not? Now, why should you respect your in-laws? There's a Yalkut Shimoni in the prophet Shemuel, chapter 24. We see King David called his father-in-law, the first king of Israel, Shaul, Saul. He said, We see that the Yalkut brings from a Midrash that since King David referred to his father-in-law, you know, King David's first wife was Michal. He was the prized princess that he beat Goliath up and killed Goliath. So Shaul gave his own daughter to King David in marriage. And King David was the son-in-law of the Shaul. And he called his father-in-law very affectionately father. So that Yalkut Shimoni says that you have to respect your father-in-law like a father. Now the Rabbanan argue on this. They say, no, King David was referring to Abner, his Torah teacher, his Rebbe. So, and the second father, so it says like this, it's, King David mentions the, the word father twice. It says, 
The Rabbanan say no, the second Ra'a was talking to Shaul, but, so it's a dispute who exactly King David was talking to when he said father. Was it his spiritual father, his rabbi, or was it his father-in-law? Now, I just wanted to make something crystal clear because I get a lot of complaints. My audience is very broad, and I've been asked, asked to clarify issues. We know if you read chapter Reish Mem in the Shulchan Aruch, respecting our parents has a lot of, lot of laws to it. For example, if we look over there, you have to be, revere them. You can't pray in their special shtender or place in the synagogue where your father sits. You're not allowed to sit in that seat. You're not allowed to sit at his seat at the dining room table. You're not allowed to contradict him. You're not even allowed in public to agree with him. Because your father's word should be like the f- word of a king or a governor. He doesn't need you, you, you pipsqueak to concur with him. He's, his words should be so great that you're not even allowed to voice your opinion even in agreement with your father. You're not allowed to contradict him. You have to feed your father. You have to take him to the doctor. You have to take him. That's the laws of kibud. You have to give him to drink, give him to eat. You have to dress him, bathe him, take him places, so on. Do we have to do all of this to our in-laws also or not? By the way, I want to bring out something else. The chidah and all the poiskim say that all these laws obviously both apply whether to your father or mother-in-law. As uh, I brought this out to one of my wonderful family members that the Torah is definitely not male chauvinistic and... We have to give equal respect both to the males and females, whether they're our father-in-law or mother-in-law or our parents. Now, the question basically is, do you have to do all of those things that I just said also to your in-laws? What does it exactly mean that you need to respect your in-laws? Is it mamash, actually like your parents or not? So we're just going to say that there's another source to this because Moses, Moshe Rabbein, when Parshat Yitro, the Mechilta brings, then Moshe went out to his father-in-law Yitro, the convert, and he asked him for peace and he kissed him. And the Mechilta says, who went out to greet who? Who went and kissed whom? Moshe was the one, Ish, that went and did it to Yitro. So Moshe, which was the greatest prophet of all time, arguably the greatest man of all time, with all his great stature, he humbled himself and went and kissed and hugged and went out to greet his father-in-law. So that's another source in Chazal that we should respect our father-in-law. Now, the Shulchan Aruch, actually, if you want to look it up, chapter 240, Halakha 24, says that Chayav, the Shulchan Aruch, the tour says, it agrees. This is actually not just a philosophical or theoretical thing. Chayav Adam lechabet chamiv. You have to respect your father-in-law, and we said it's the same thing to your mother-in-law. Now, what are the parameters of this respect? So, we're going to get into the straight into the halachic practicality. The Bach says, make no mistake. There's only one mother and father, and maybe another on another account we could get to your older siblings, your older brother, being that I'm a, the oldest in my family, 
Your oldest brother may also have a tremendous amount of respect, almost like your parents. But your in-laws, the Bach, which is a commentary on the tour, right next to the Bet Yosef, says no. He says that this, that it says you have to respect your in-laws, first of all, halacha is like Rabbanan. We would always decide the halacha according to the majority. So who was David, King David, addressing? He was addressing his Rebbe, his teacher, his mentor, his spiritual father. Also he says, Ra'ah, see, is talking to Shaul, but ultimately the person that's most similar to your parents is your rabbi, your your teacher that taught you all of the Torah, not your in-laws. That that it says you have to respect your in-laws is just that when they come within eight feet of you, six feet of you, you get up in front of them. It's called hidur. You want to show them that respect. And the Bach says it's it's uh, similar to respecting your parents, but it's definitely not the same category. And he says, That's talking about So the Bach's basic idea is, what does it mean that you have to respect your in-laws? It means that you should give them at least that much decency that we even have to give to any person, any Jewish male or female, according to Kabbalah, the Ben Yishchai, over 60, according to the people that don't go with the Kabbalah, 70. There's a law, it's a commandment in the Torah that you have to respect and get up in front of any Jew that's over 70, or the Kabbalists, the Arizal holds 60, and it would make sense to me personally that that makes more sense because it's a Torah law and we should go on the side of strictness. So even if your father-in-law is 40 or 50, that much respect you should give them. But all the other laws that you have to take him to the hospital and obviously all those other laws that you can't contradict him and so on and so forth do not apply. Obviously, I don't want anybody to misinterpret this class to help your in-laws and your wife, or for a daughter-in-law to help her in-laws, like I said, begin the class, any smart person would t- treat them as much as possible like their parents. But push comes to shove, under Torah law, you're only obligated to do your parents, which would be important because if your in-laws have a necessity or your parents, your parents definitely head over heels. There's no question take precedence because your in-laws, you're only the maximum honor you have to give them is to get up in front of them when they come into the room within six feet of you. This is the position of the Shach and the Chaya Odom. And Ravavadi is very bothered by the position of the Torah Tamima. The Torah Tamima says, asks on the Bach, no, there has to be a grander honor you have to give your in-laws. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, there's two sources. Don't forget, there's two sources we have to respect our in-laws. Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu, you can't say that he had another father-in-law. He only had one wife. So again, Ravavadia says, argues on this and says that the Mechilta doesn't say 
that you have to respect them exactly like your parents. What the Mechilta is saying there is, You should always be excited and like Moshe was eager to go greet his father-in-law and hug him and kiss him. This is just decency. It's not a halacha per se. That we have to be exact of getting up and this and that and not contradicting them. And therefore, Ravavadya is in agreement with the position of the Bach and the Shach and the Chaya Adam that the honor that we give them is just basic honor that we would give any elder. And uh, Ravavadya brings the Binyan Olam Shalot Teshuva. They asked him this specific question. And again, he said, the maximum honor you need to give your in-laws is to get up in front of them. The Binyan Ola makes it very clearly and Rabovadia concurs with that position that other laws that I mentioned of taking them, bathing them and taking them to the doctor and not contradicting them or not sitting in their place, that doesn't apply. Now, just to bring out there is a pi- opinion in Shalot Teshuvot Knesset Yecheskel that says regular older people, like I said before, 60 or 70, depends who you want to follow, Kabbalah or regular Halacha, you have to get up. The Arach HaShulchan and other poskim say you do not have to actually get up fully like that in front of them. You just need to show that you want to get up. Rav Avadia does not agree with that position. And he says, Just it's very important that it's such a beautiful spirit of the law, the value the Torah is giving us. Rav Avadia says that, and he says this constantly throughout his works, that whenever you actually do have to get up, it's a joke to just do this. Two rabbis, one in front of the other, yes, they don't have to get up in front of each other if their Torah knowledge is basically equal. But, Rav Ovadia adamantly argues on the other Hashulchan and the Knesset Yecheskel, and he says, any older person over 70, if they come within six feet of you or eight feet of you, whatever, close to you, you have to get up fully erect, not just move a little bit. And, this is an important thing because the Gemara explains that even if the person is not a Torah scholar, Torah scholar for sure you have to get up even if the person's 13 years old or 10 years old if he knows more Torah than you. But the idea is this person, life is uh, the best teaching curve. And the more days that you live, the more opportunity you've had to learn wise lessons from the tests and tribulations of life. So therefore, Rav Avadi is very clear, parenthetically, that any Jew over 70, you would have to get up in front of, if they come into your close distance, within six feet of you, because we believe that we take it literally also, that when the Torah says, um, get up in front of old person, it's just not referring to a Torah scholar, but it's actually referring literally to somebody that is 
over 70 or Benishchai, like I said, 60. Now, Ravavadi brings another beautiful proof that it's impossible for this respect that you have for your in-laws to be literally like your parents because there's a beautiful Gemara, Daflamid Amud Bet, it says, Tanu Rabbanan, Ish, Imo, Ve'aviv, Tira'u. The Torah, it commands us that not only do we have to respect our parents, we have to revere them. So we can't contradict them, we can't sit in their seat, we can't take over where they sit in the temple, their special seat, designated seat, or their shtender, where they pray. So why doesn't it say, Ish ve'isha? Why does it only say a man should respect his parents? Why not a woman? So it says, actually it does say a woman, because it says they should respect. So if it was only talking about a man, it should say, respect your parents in the singular. It says, Ish ra'u. So they should respect is also talking about whether a, a daughter or a son should respect their parents. So why doesn't the Torah say that explicitly? Why does it only refer to a male? Because women, God willing, will get married at a young and ripe age. Baruch Hashem, in the Syrian community, there's many girls that they don't even graduate 12th grade because they don't have 12th grades in their high schools because most of them are married. And that's a wonderful thing. That's the way it should be. So for most of her life, a daughter first has to take care of her own husband and children. It's not She's not available to help review her parents. But when she doesn't have obligations towards her own family then she should definitely also as much as possible as her brothers be of service because we know respecting your parents is like respecting God and it's one of the Ten Commandments. And we had an all other class about that four, three, four years ago about putting your parents in a nursing home, whether that's ethical or not. Maybe I'll put the link below. But Rabobadi brings a beautiful proof that it's impossible for it to mean in-laws are exactly like your parents because he says like this. How could, if a son-in-law has to respect his father-in-law, his wife's parents exactly like his own parents, then why isn't a woman available to go help her parents? Both her and her husband have an equal duty to her parents. But we know that's not the halacha because it says in the Gemara Kedushin, page 31, that if your father tells you to bring you water and your mother, so which one should you bring water first? It says first bring to your father because both the child and the mother have to have this extreme reverence and duty to the father, the king of the house. So therefore... This whole halacha would not make sense if your in-laws would have the exact same law as your parents. So the Gemara in Kedushin is very clear that you have absolutely no concrete duty to your in-laws. They're a different category. And that's why a woman would always have to first take precedence of taking care of her husband and her family And her own husband does not have that same duty that he has to his parents, to his in-laws. Or else this whole Gemara and Kiddushin would not make any sense. And to wrap up the class, 
The Rav Avadya brings from the Betzel Chachma beautiful, beautiful proof, which I love. It's just so wonderful that when we do, people are able to master all of the Talmud and all of Shas and have it on their fingertips. When new questions come up, they could bring concrete proofs. That's why it's so important to review whatever we learn 40 times, 101 times. The uh, Betzel Chachma in volume 1, please look it up, Siman, Samechtet, says in his Hara'a, again in chapter, in volume 2, Siman 90, he says there's a Gemara in Kiddushin, Pei Aleph, that says what? That says, Rav Chista told his father-in-law, which was Rav Hanan Baraba, Mar nami avar le'al Shemuel. Not did I only go against this certain halacha that Shemuel, the Talmud is said, this rabbinical law, you also transgressed it. So the Betzel Chachma and Rav Avadia bring, there's a, like I said, there's a law, the law, we don't realize, the Talmud Yerushalmi says the hardest mitzvah to do appropriately is respect our parents. Look at the Yerushalmi in Peya. Because we have to constantly review it. And the Ben Ishchai brings that there's some people that think they're so pious and chasid. And they pray one hour. But they talk to their parents in a loud voice. Or they don't respect them. Those people are full of emptiness. The honor of parents is from the Torah. You are not allowed to tell your father when he transgresses a, a sin... That you're a sinner. You did this wrong. You have to tell him, you know, Abba or mother in the Torah, in the Shulchan Aruch, it says this is the way it should be done. It's considered disrespectful. So how could Rav Chista, if, if theoretically we would assume that you have to respect your parents, your in-laws exactly like your parents, how could Rav Chista, which was one of the greatest people in the Gemara, just go to his father-in-law says, and say, You've sinned. You went against the law of Shemuel. This is a very, very beautiful and concrete proof, like we've said all along, that since the only respect that we do have to give our in-laws under halacha is that you have to get up in front of them, but you are allowed to contradict them. And you are, if they make a mistake and they don't know the halacha, you're allowed to tell them directly. Just like Rav Chista told Rav Hanan, Barava, his father-in-law, that, hey, you did this wrong. Which, of course, it would be unfathomable to imagine that Rav Chista would do such a thing to his own father. And that's why the in-law is different than the father, and you are allowed, directly allowed to rebuke them and reprimand them, point out to them directly that they went against the... Uh, Torah. This is also brought down in other places. So to con- conclude, like we said all the time, once they can't come into your close proximity for Amot, you get up in front of your in-laws. And that's the maximum parameter of respect that you need to give. And this is the right thing to do. Some people have a custom that they kiss their father-in-law's hands, especially after he comes 
home from the synagogue or he comes into the room. And that's a beautiful thing to do. Because again, we do believe that we need to respect our elders. And besides for him being your wife's father, he is an elder person. And just for like we said in the beginning of the class, for matter of Shalom Bayit, it's always good for both the in-laws to speak lofty about their son-in-laws and the children, the married couple to speak nicely about each other and about their in-laws. So it says, uh, like we said, Rav Avadi also brings that the same thing, all these laws that we said, father-in-law, the exact same laws are for your mother-in-law. And also, the Chida also says this, and let's not forget, a woman also also should respect her in-laws. And it's uh, brought down a very scary thing in Tana de Beliahu. It says, chapter 26, it says, why in the Ten Commandments does it say respect your parents and right after it says don't commit adultery? It says, God forbid if you marry a woman that has no decency and totally disrespects your parents, it's like you commit adultery with her every time you're with together with her. So that's a terrible thing. The Sefer Charedim, Rabbi Lazar Askari brings that down halachically. So therefore... It's very wise and prudent to always be respectful. And the Rambam, of course, says this is the golden rule that we spouses, people that are married and people that have children should always review. Look at the Rambam in Hilchut Ishut chapter 20. It says, A woman should always respect her husband above and beyond anybody else. She should overdo it. She should revere her husband and she should do everything according to his liking. And she, every man literally, the Rambam says, should be a king in his house. And of course the opposite is true. Every woman is the queen. We know all the blessing of a house is in honor of a woman. And that's why I recommended in the beginning of the class to look at the Pelioets. And it says this is how Jews live their fam- familial life. It's It's such a place where the God's presence exists in, inside the compound of a Jewish family. And when a woman treats her husband, thinks of her husband and treats her husband like a king, that's going to make the children do that and the husband should treat his wife like a queen. And, and that's why we were talking always about the son-in-law respecting his father and mother-in-law, but the same is Ravavadi is making very clear that since a woman has an extraordinarily obligation to respect her husband, belittling and not respecting her in-laws is also a slap in the face to her husband, which is totally wrong. In the Birkei Yosef, the Chido brings this, and I just wanted to bring out an idea that it is a uh, wonderful thing to actually do, to see that sometimes I saw this in Baltimore, where uh, the gentleman was calling his father-in-law, Pa, father. And like I said, if you really, really have common sense, and you want the best for your children, and you want the best for your relationship between your husband and wife, between the spouses, they really should look at their in-laws and their parents the same. In Respect always comes in the mind. And 
That's why if a, it's brought down halachically that if a, uh, God forbid, a uh, person does not have any sons, his son, it's, they bring a proof from the Zohar. Rab Shimon Bar Yochai was the son-in-law of Rab Pinchas Ben Yair. And when he would learn Torah and learn Zohar and do Kaddish, it would be a le- elevation for his father-in-law, Rab Pinchas Ben Yair, that wrote the whole Brayta, was one of the tremendous Tanaim. So halachically, we should realize that it really is, your son-in-law is like your son. And just like a son should say Kaddish for his father, it is recommended that if a uh, your father-in-law has no sons, it would be the right and ethical and correct thing to do for you to say Kaddish for him. May God bless all the families with peace and respect and have a wonderful Shabbat and a wonderful week. Thank you for watching us.